Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. It's D again. I bet you hear my voice a lot during the week. Congratulations. You get to hear it more. We have a new show. And I'm joined with Jesse Broke from the Slack. I mean, Jesse, you introduced yourself on a roundtable a couple weeks ago. Right. And now I feel like you should introduce yourself again just shortly in this very first episode of our headline news series. <laughs> All right. Sure. So my name is Jesse Broke <laughs> and uh, co-hosting this show with D. And uh, my background is primarily in electrical engineering. And I kind of joined the Slack community in hopes of getting deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole we call crypto and uh, eventually hoping to be you know, a blockchain programmer one day. And I've been working toward that um, closely with, you know, people from Slack and Petty is my mentor. So, yeah, hoping to make big strides in that regard. Good deal. So the community has grown quite a bit since we started the Bitcoin podcast. We got about 500 members in there now. Hold up. Yeah, we're really the turtles peaking on 500 members. So that's that's good. So <laughs> headline news, right? There's so much, in fact, just in like the top, I don't know, eight publications, there's maybe, be, maybe, I don't know, close to 60 headline news things a week, headline news topics a week. So we thought like maybe it would be good if we just presented you guys with the headlines in a show and then put those links in the show notes, then you could have something that you could recap, you know, like opening a newspaper every every Saturday like I remember my father would go out every Sunday morning hella early and grab the Sunday paper and it was just way bigger than the rest of the papers during the week and he would sit down for hours and he would read it and he would get all the information he needed to take on the week so that's what this is about is that good so far Jesse that's that's a great introduction to what we're trying to do <laughs> all right good deal so let's start so the way this is going to work is we're going to give you the previous weekend's news that you may have missed, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday's news. Any news that happened by the time that you hear this is just zero confirmation news. You can <laughs> neither confirm nor deny that it took place. <laughs> but it is news that happened. And so let's just, shit, let's just dig right into the news. All right, so this very first article, and I guess at the end of the show, we're going to give you guys like a, hey, this is where all the news comes from. If you want to go seek it out, be our guest. So I like very, that. I like that too. It's like, you know, if you want to go seek out some headline news, here's where they came from. Go seek it out. So here's a headline. 
Why ICOs could eat Delaware's lunch? This is from Coindesk. Um, why ICOs could eat Delaware's lunch? Before we go into the article, what do you think we could possibly this could possibly be about just based on the title alone? Um, thinking that money is going to come out of Delaware in some way, shape, or fashion. Maybe ICOs are intruding upon whatever Delaware's good at. Maybe, maybe, maybe they have. What is in Delaware? Have you ever been there? Um, I've only been there in movies, in one movie specifically, and that would be uh, National Treasure. <laughs> what? Explain further, please. National Treasure, the movie with Nicolas Cage, where he's in Delaware at least one point of the movie. Oh my God! And he's That's trying. That's referencing. Yeah, he's trying to. Uh, they put the code on the back of the. Of the Constitution <laughs> or whatever he says. <laughs> you know. God. Okay, I got you. So you've never been to Delaware either. I have never been to Delaware. No. Um, I take that back. I've been to D.C. twice. Yeah. So I'm sure, like, I maybe stepped foot in Delaware at some point. <laughs> okay. Maybe. I Is mean, Delaware anywhere near D.C. or am I just exposing how little I know about geography? I'm pretty sure Delaware is like near New Jersey. It's one of those little little states that's like uh, on a peninsula, I think. Maybe it's like even a little island. But I'm stop I, talking about Delaware. Uh, <laughs> so, but let's let's find out. Let's find out. Let's find out. So, um, so basically, Delaware is the preeminent position of jurisdiction for like most businesses. I Interesting. Mean, it makes sense. Like when you get groceries and you look on the label on the back and you're like, you're reading there and, and Delaware is like always there. And there's some other states that are listed there. Like we do business in these states. I think it's because those states have like, like clearly out laws, clearly outlined laws for businesses. And Delaware, Delaware is a little bit more slack. Yeah. I think it's leading. In fact, just in our own research and starting to start a corporation, see almost nine out of 10 of the people are like, you need to go to Delaware. If you want to start a business, go to Delaware. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess it's it's popping. So the thing is, is what this article is trying to get at is that ICOs are now disrupting the amount of inflow of cash that's going to Delaware for being the leadest, leading um, business jump off point. And because you can launch an ICO and because it can be global and because all of these becauses Delaware's losing dough. Oh no. Yeah. Poor Delaware. Poor Delaware. I mean, I guess you're I guess you're losing some thousands on top of the millions that you make in a year on revenue for businesses starting in your state. But that's one headline. That's it. That's that's where we go. If you're if you're curious <laughs> about more of the story, then click the link in the show notes and it'll take you to the story. I like this format so much. I love it too. It's like, hey man, here's the news. Go go get some of the news yourself if you if you want to know more. We're just Honestly, gonna present a few of the stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it makes it less stressful. So you're not like, you know, I know that I personally have like at one point refreshed whatever I was looking at as far as value of coins. And same thing with the news. It's like you you keep searching for more and more news, hoping to find you know, to sell the news, essentially. Mm-hmm. But I think this is like a more 
chilled. You take a you take a backseat approach, and you just kind of yeah, man. You, you, you listen to us. Yeah, and we're presenting you with a few news bits. And if you really feel like going into deeper, we got the links for you. And you know, you take you go into your own rabbit holes. Like we're like we're that. spending all week into the rabbit hole to present you little bits from it. You can go dig deeper if you want to. So, anyways, um, we've got um. The third co-founder of Centratech is charged with $25 million in securities fraud. This article is written by Molly Jane Zuckerman. Hell of a name. MJZ. That could be a rapper. Um, <laughs> so just a bit of the intro. Third co-founder of crypto financial services startup Centratech, Raymond Trapini, Trapani, has been arrested as of April 20th and charged with securities and wire fraud of more than $25 milli. That's hard USD, man. $25 million $1 greenbacks um, associated with the company's ICO, according to the U.S. Department of Justice's, the DOJ. So wow. this is a big deal, man. And when you click on the embedded picture with the link that we'll provide, you get some like serious Times New Roman. And whenever people write in Times New Roman, it's fucking serious. <laughs> This is something that I've understood. And so, so anyways, I say, this is just my commentary on this. I say thumbs up. Because thumbs up to who? I say thumbs up to the community. I say thumbs up to the vein of these fucking fraudsters being put on Front Street for the fraud. Oh, of like, course. It's, it's like, it's tiresome, man. And to survive in this industry, it shouldn't be that wild, wild west, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. To some degree, to get some strong money to enter the space, that's you know that makes the stay space more stable as far as tech development and you know for future for future stability of using you know whatever your crypto that you actually care to use for exchange of goods. Like that's that's definitely an important piece of the puzzle. Right, you can't have a completely unregulated space. So I'm I'm glad that you know people are calling people out on their shit and you know stuff. They're 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 dealing with the consequences of what happens when you have a company and all you're doing is generating useless bullshit into the space. Absolutely. Here's a quote from the DOJ's deputy. So the deputy U.S. attorney Robert Kazami he says this as alleged as alleged. Is it alleged or alleged? Alleged. As alleged, Raymond Trapani conspired with his co-defendants to lure investors with false claims about their product and about relationships they had with credible financial institutions. While investing in virtual currencies is legal, mm, I love that part. They should underline that part. While investing in virtual currencies is legal, lying to deceive investors is not. Yeah. I love it. I love it because... I, I hate how people are like, oh, so everything's decentralized. Even law enforcement is decentralized. And I think I feel like, <laughs> no, like there needs to be people that go out and get the bad guys. And it's okay to call bad guys bad guys. And then you'll even have people that are the extreme opposite of that. They're that like, oh, you can't, can't call bad people bad people. You've got to let the numbers decide. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? This guy was bad. <laughs> And he created fake people and made a fake business and got a bunch of real money 
from real people, and he desi- and he deserves everything that he gets. And it was one central entity that tracked him down, figured all this out, and now the whole community is benefiting from it. I mean, look look at the the next line it says Centra Tech had been promoted by celebrities like boxer Floyd Mayweather and DJ Khaled. Like mm. it says last fall the SEC had warned the public that celebrity endorsements of ICOs could be illegal if they don't reveal the compensation they receive for their advertising. Mm. Got him. Mm. Yeah. So Molly Jane Zuckerman uh of Coin Telegraph, we thank you. Uh, this article currently has 1,500 total views and 240 total shares. That's all data that you probably don't care about. So on to the next. <laughs> on to the next article from month from the weekend previous. So this would be seven days from now when you hear this. Um, we got one last article to present to you guys. That's blockchain startup to help public own and monetize their data. This is something that is close to home with me. Because, just speaking personally, since the onset of social media, I've never been shy about my public behavior. Because I understood, okay, this is a public platform. If I'm going to go on a run with Nike Plus, I'm going to post that shit. If I'm going to go to uh, fucking Baskin Robbins and get in a Neapolitan ice cream shake, why not? Let people that sounds bomb. Life. It does that sound sounds bomb. bomb. It sounds really good, right? But It does. You know, I get the point of it. It's like, hey, guys, I'm doing a thing. And eventually that grew into, like, nobody cares what you do with your life. We only care about showing you pictures of our children. And I was like, damn, okay. So that took a unique turn. <laughs> and let's so go ahead. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I don't know what you're on about, but I'm like, I don't want you to know who I am. I don't want... I don't I don't want to feel like I'm naked in front of your expert marketing people. Like you can micro target me and like I, I don't want to be the guy who you can see that I really like drones for instance and and because like I've shopped for Amazon or shop for drones on Amazon, like you're gonna give me a bunch of ads about drones that I really want to buy. Like fuck you. Like <laughs> <laughs> But that's the point of it. You like drones, so why not expose yourself expose yourself to like the Willy Wonka factory menagerie of drone technology? Like that's why I love it. It's because it's like, yeah, I like Marvel movies. And then I get thirty thousand adverts. It's like, hey, here's a Marvel comic series you might like. Here's Marvel uh here's Marvel stuff. Here's a Thanos painting. Here's, and it's like, dang, okay, like this is all stuff I wouldn't have gone out and looked for on my own. I could pick and choose what kind of bullshit I don't need in my life. In my life, I like. I, I like this picture. It's like too that goes with the article. It's like it's got a picture of a person opening their wallet and ones and zeros and their credit cards and their keys and everything's kind of like easily available for somebody to reach in and grab it out. Like that's that's what it feels like. It feels like. If if I had a strong presence online and I I didn't have the notion of saving my money, like you could take all my money. Like I would be like, I, I wanna get I wanna get Elon Musk's new flamethrower. Like that looks so cool. It's only five hundred dollars. <laughs> like, oh my god. 
I'd end up with like a flamethrower. But that's the thing. You pay 500 you get a flamethrower. You tell your friends you bought the flamethrower, and then you have friends that have flamethrowers now. Like, people aren't exploring the possibilities of targeted advertising. But let's get into a little bit of what the article says. And it's a sponsored article. We want to let you guys know that. So, a blockchain-driven data exchange is a warning that internet users are being economically disenfranchised. That's in quotations. I don't know why by data brokers to the tune of thousands of dollars a year and plans to create a self-sovereign wallet that puts the public back in control of their personal information. That sounds good. I like that. It does sound good. It's a great sponsored ad. They wrote that right. I mean, here's the thing is that like data is the new oil and each person is potentially a reservoir. Right, each person is doing their own things and introducing their own data into different spreadsheets, into different databases, to different oracles, whatever you want to call them. And at the point where I'm at, where I'm like, okay, I feel like it's just a raw numbers game. Like, the more data that I'm introducing into the systems, plural, the more benefit I should get back. <laughs> like, I don't care if it's a bad direct relationship. I just care that it's direct. The The higher the data I enter into spreadsheets, the higher my revenue should come back to me. And like, look, man, I'll give you my data. I don't care. I just want to be paid for it. Yeah. Yep. I've been giving it to you for free. Now that I understand you make an ass ton of money off of it, I'm not okay with that. I'd like just a small fraction of that ass ton, please. Just to, Just give me a small fraction back. Or at least, you know, the ability to control, you know, your rates. Like maybe maybe it's not really that important information. Maybe it's like, hey, I buy toilet paper and it's this brand. You know, I'm not going to charge you a lot for that money or for that in piece of information. You know, say I, I charge you like a nickel, you know? Exactly. So, like You can have different v- valuability of information depending on how uh, actionable it is to that person. And I feel like that that's a pretty good business. Man, we're giving away potential secrets on how to build a business model <laughs> for this company. We we, we have yeah. ideas, man. We have ideas all the time, but yeah. we can't build shit. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen here, data wallet. You've got a good idea. Um helping we me like get it. paid for, say what? We like it. Yeah, helping me get paid for my data is cool. I mean, please. I would love it. Um, so if you want to know more about this article, of course, show notes. Uh, it's written by Connor Blinkensop. One hell of a name. That's a power name. Uh, and it dropped on uh, Monday. Or sorry, the past weekend. So let's move to Monday's articles. Like a, It's like an audio Sunday paper. I love it. <laughs> it's nice. So Monday, Coindesk said some shit. Excuse my language. <laughs> yeah, right. So they said the Monex CEO, um, that he said this. He said, closer crypto exchange oversight is just common sense. So it's a what short article. Go ahead. What does that mean? Closer crypto exchange? Well, I guess more more regulation. Um, not necessarily. So I think I've picked up on this over the past few years. Oversight doesn't mean regulation. It means we get to watch what you're doing without rules. 
So when we act that's really, really harsh and overbearing on you as the consumer, there oh. are rules. We were just overseeing you do what we now define as dirt. Mm. So that's what that means. So they say it's common sense. And I say, yes, rules and regulations are common sense if we are to have a hyper-civilized people on this planet. But oversight is that like gray area where they can like, okay, let's see if we can track which transaction came from which IP address, and then let's see if we can lock that out of happening. And that's what I think things get a little gray. You know, I don't know how I honestly feel, but I think I, that like, yeah. I think regulation is okay. I think oversight is shady and there's too much gray area involved. So maybe there needs to be, you know, some, some degree of transparency. Like, I think we both agree. I think everybody in crypto would probably agree unless you're doing some real shady shit that, you know, some degree of transparency makes sense. But then uh, again, on the opposite side of that coin, we need privacy. We need to be able to be like, hey, this is my information. If you want to buy it, maybe you can buy it. But uh, I mean, I, I don't really want to show you that. Are you going to say privacy like they do in the UK? No, man. I... It's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Well, privacy. It's like, what? That's not. I don't think that's how you say that. But I mean, anyways. can't we can't we can't argue with that, man? That's that's where our language came from. Yeah, that's true. Privacy. So here's another quote from this article. Then we'll move on to another article from Monday. Um, Japan's exchanges do both matching and custodial services. They're close to a bank. Mm. Playing with words. Oki Matsumoto told routers in an interview published Friday. To someone in the financial industry like myself, it's common sense that regulations will get stricter. Mm. Okay, I, mm. I can kind of see this. I said something one-off. I talked to Corey and Cello literally every day. And earlier today, I said something. I was like, man, because I was looking at my, uh, we, have, we have static addresses, static public addresses tied to our Coinbase address. Okay. Um, so when we do get business, we just point people to that. It's really easy. Um, I was watching one of those addresses today, and Coinbase sweeps it out. So anytime money comes in, it stays there for six confirmations, and then Coinbase sweeps it out into two different addresses every time. It's split into two different addresses. And I was like, hmm. Kind of fucking shady. And so I didn't think it was shady. I say like, and then I said something off the cuff like, man, the people that know how Coinbase is like managing all these keys, public and private, should have like a GPS chip installed on their shoulder blade. If they ever try to run with this shit, we know exactly where they are. Like, it needs to get to straight up science fiction with Arnold Schwarzenegger status for those Coinbase know-it-alls surgically surgically stick a lojack system in them <laughs> yeah lojack their entire body because okay every single thing that's coming to our specific bitcoin public address has been swept out into two different public addresses and it's different every time 
And so I'm mm. like, okay, who's managing these keys? How, how are they managing this? And that's how I know that they're worth as much as they're worth and they do as much business as they do because they've got a system that's like, it's so obfuscated that you can trust them and you can invest hundreds of millions of dollars in their processes. And at the same time, whoever knows those processes front to back GPS in the shoulder blade, that's too much money to just understand where it's going and how it's going there. I don't know. Regulations. You know, you know uh, <laughs> for, <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, for like stuff like that, like I, I heard stories in school um, and they said, you know, if you ever become like a designer for chips and you work for Intel or something like that, then what happened was they actually split the information of how to build the processor between like a handful of um, of electronics engineers. And so mm. each of those electronics engineers are actually not in the same location. They're actually in different parts of the country or even the world. Mm. So so it's hard to steal company secrets when AMD tries to be like, oh, it's time to one-up Intel. Let's see if, how, if we can get their blueprints on their next, you know, ninth gen i7. You know, the information is compartmentalized in such a way that it makes it real difficult. And and I would think that, like, I know Coinbase in the past, there, I, there were news stories saying that Coinbase had a really crappy way of storing everybody's money, right? Remember mm -hmm. seeing that? I do recall seeing that. And people were saying that, oh, um, I'm having problems withdrawing my money, and does Coinbase even have all the Bitcoin um in cold storage or enough liquidity that if everybody, if there was like a bank run, Coinbase would be able to give everybody how much Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, whatever that they actually had. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's an issue. It's and I think issue. they've resolved it, but they're working towards resolving it, but yeah. I hope they've resolved it. I mean, Coinbase has got a lot of people using their platform right now. And so if they have some issues like that, then it's bad business. But they're, they don't, given their history, there's no evidence to believe that they are doing bad business. So, um, let's move on. Another article by Helen Parts with a Z. I like your style, Helen. <laughs> Major United Arab Emirates Bank implements blockchain tech to prevent check fraud. So, off the bat, I don't give a damn about check writing. Um, I've written four checks in my 33 years of living. Um, and I immediately stopped doing businesses with those places because they still take checks and only take checks. Um, so this seems dumb. But let's dive in. It's got 13.5 total views. So obviously that many people care about writing checks. Um, <laughs> when you said checks, I like... For for a second there, I was thinking like Czechs, like Czechs, Czechs, like the nationality of Czechoslovakia, the Czech Republic, and I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, you hate Czechs?" Like, <laughs> wait a second, this could be about that. Let's actually. Do <laughs> <laughs> I love this show. This is amazing. Okay, so. According to the NBD official statement, the bank has registered around 1 million checks on Czech chain. Oh, wow. 
This is about check. This is check C H E Q U E. The bank has registered around one million checks on check chain in the oh wow in the first month of pilot deployment. Following a successful test, MBD is so. This is both about writing checks and check, like people that are check. No, it's not. Dude, it says check chain, like C-H-E-Q-U-E, check. No, 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 that's, that's, that's still, that's plural. I think that's the plural form of checks. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, yeah, I think so. There's I think so much I don't know. And I'm or, or, it's the, or it's the alternative spelling. It's one or the other. It's definitely not Czech, because if, if it was a Czech nationality, right, that's C-Z-E-C-H. You know what? There's so much <laughs> that I'm publicly professing I don't know, and that's okay, because I know that I don't know everything. The National Bank it. of Dubai, NBD, the largest banking, one of the largest banking groups in the Middle East by assets volume. They really categorize that specifically by assets volume has reportedly become the first bank in the region to successfully implement blockchain technology in a check issuance system to prevent fraud. Local news outlet Arabian Business reported this. So um, we are talking about checks. Um, people are committing check fraud. Um, if you're a business and you're listening, I'm going to move on to Tuesdays because I don't get why you're a business and you're still using checks. Um, but like the bank account information and the bank routing information is on the bottom of the piece of paper of the check. So stop using checks. Please. Mm. You're, you're wasting money, which in turn gets poured down the faucet of me having to somehow pay you money because you refuse to upgrade your systems. And I know there's a lot of elderly people, and they only write checks, but it's it's time you spent the money to teach them how to never write another check. And let's move on from checks. <laughs> so that's where we're going with that story. It's in the show notes. Next story. <laughs> Common sense? Nope. Are we in Tuesday or Monday? We have one Tuesday. more from Monday, so let's go, really? let's just go to Tuesday. Let's just go to Tuesday. All right. Um, Tuesday. This comes from um, news.bitcoin.com. Oh, this cartoon is whack. But it says Ether and Ripple are doomed as securities, according to the regulation expert. So let's figure out who that expert is and why this article got fifteen thousand views four days ago. So this article is written by C. Edward Kelso. And it looks like he's the same guy that drew the art for it. <laughs> um, That's impressive, honestly. It is, it is impressive to write and sketch. Um, former Obama administration financial regulator Gary Gensler believes cryptocurrencies such as Ether and Ripple appear as unregistered securities and in current violation of the law – his comments carry considerable weight in the broader financial community. They also come after venture capitalists and lawyers invested in Ether projects met secretly with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, to head off such regulation. Spokespeople for both coins insisted they're not securities. So if Ether and Ripple become securities, so 
to me, I only know this because you and I were working on a project or are working on a project, and we looked into how the SEC makes money. They have right. to make some sort of money. And mm -hmm. um, it turns out they make money. They make – and it's something crazy, like 4.6 cents off of every securities transaction. Isn't that what we looked up? Um, it's, I, th I think it's – I think it's less than that. I thought, uh, or was it point zero four six cents? It's something like that. Yeah, it's it's a fractional penny, I believe. Yeah, because there's such large amount of trading volume that happens. It's like I think there's point oh 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 four six. I think it's, it's that a, small. It's a very small amount. It's Superman two Lex Luthor levels of low. And if you don't understand <laughs> that reference, you need to go out and read Superman two right now. But it's a really low amount, and the SEC, like any entity, has to prove every year that they're worth the money that's budgeted to it, right? That's just common sense. If you run a thing, you need to prove that your thing is worth the money that's given to it to operate. So if they're missing out on all this money of all these crypto assets being securities, then they're lobbying and campaigning really hard to get these things classified as securities so they can now say, look how much money we're bringing in, government. Yeah, like, we're we bringing can't let in that all, happen. Yeah, we're bringing in all this money. We now all of a sudden have, you know, if a ICO is doing millions of transactions, we have millions times 0.046 cents coming in, baby. Per ICO, baby. That's yeah, right. But the SEO, SEC and the IRS and the CFTC are all vying for this money, right? They're all vying for it. Right. So, Ethereum, uh, like uh, like Ethereum, like Ether, I mm -hmm. that's definitely not a security in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, Ripple, I have no idea still to this day what Ripple is supposed to be. If they're supposed to be some sort of remittance um some remittance instrument then i that's not still not sec it's it's currency right mhm mm so i mean i that he's wrong gary gensler is wrong and he is obviously not educated about what ether is and its purpose and Ooh. same thing with ripple i love it when you get all brave when you're like no that shit's wrong I mean, it wrong. is. If you look at the code, <laughs> if you look at the purpose, right? That's true. It's very true. Ripple, I will say this, and this isn't off the line of what this article is talking about, is that there's two camps of people I cannot get on our flagship show, and that is people that are hardcore Ripple and hardcore Bitcoin Cash. I asked them publicly. <laughs> I asked them publicly, like, look, I, there's questions that I'm asking you that should have a logical response, and you're not giving me one. I'd like it if you came on my show and gave us that logical response so we can kind of figure out where your head's at and where the community's head's at. And that hasn't happened. Tiffany Hayden won't come on and discuss Ripple with us. And the, the litany of Bitcoin Cash zealots, yeah, I mean, like the dudes from StarCraft with plasma swords that come from their fists <laughs> they like, uh, won't come on our show and i'm just asking them like look come on the show we'll, bitcoin cash could be jesus juice but we won't know until you come on the show and help us figure it out 
So, anyways. Plasma swords. Like, you're talking about, like, elites from Halo. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about the elites from Halo slash the zealots, 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 I don't know what you want to call them, from StarCraft <laughs> that, like, do you know oh, how much yeah. gall it takes to walk up to a tank and punch it? Dude. Like, you played StarCraft, you know. It takes I, a I, lot I, of gonads. I played some StarCraft, and I just, I just know that I just ate so much shit from the rushes, like Portal, or was it Gateway, like Rush Gateway for a Zealot, a Zealot <laughs> Rush? Like that's so. It was. I mean, God, and like I, I remember, like uh, God, when I was playing Terran, it was just like Rush, Rush. Well, I, I, yeah, I don't know, Rush everything. Rush Marauders, Rush Soldiers, like Rush Bioball. Ball. But yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, that's, you can't, we got a little bit off the rails. But what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, Ether, definitely not a security. Ripple, maybe? And nobody wants to, nobody wants, yeah, to, nobody step wants forward to claim it. Yeah. And say, no, it's not a security. This is why. And anytime I get to the point where it's always like, that gate where it's like answer the riddle and i'm like the riddle is how does ripple work there's nobody that like <laughs> comes out from behind the gate and they're like this is how it works and this is why it's a cryptocurrency just like everything else yeah they only say like do your own research bro and i'm like i am trying to that's the whole point of this it's like you're not helping me but anyways next story let's move on to Wednesday or Tuesday. So, Tuesday headline news. Headline news news is um CBOE exchange wants to lower its Bitcoin futures prices. Okay, so that's the headline. It's written by Nicolas De who I've seen Nicholas Day quite around, ravishing mustache, I might say. Um, <laughs> so the CBOE is um, a part, I believe it's a part of the um, Chicago Mercantile Exchange. I don't know. I don't think it is, actually. I think they're two different exchanges. It is. Yeah, they're separate. Chicago Board of Exchange. That's right. Um, Chicago. I think Chicago is the biggest derivatives exchange. They they house the biggest derivatives exchanges. New York is like its own financial hub of the world, but Chicago is a secondary hub of the world that actually is the forerunner on derivatives exchanges. Mm. Um which goes perfectly aligned with Chicago being the windy city, as in Chicago has a bunch of politicians that lie, as in derivatives are literally like imaginary value that we make out of thin air i i think um the cme group is actually the biggest derivatives marketplace yeah the chicago world. mercantile exchange yeah right yeah 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 you're right so um this isn't to take shots at anybody who works for the cme but derivatives are this weird thing humanity's created that literally is thin air that we sell to people and I guess that's what we've all decided is cool. But me buying a share of a fund of someone that owns a large amount of something 
is not necessarily owning the something. It's this weird derived value that you've created through the power of math and gotten a lot of people to believe in. But anyways, that's me going, going getting on my soapbox. Let's talk about the article. They want to lower their Bitcoin futures prices. So that could mean one of two things, right? They're getting so much business. <laughs> they're getting so much business that they're going to lower their prices. <laughs> or they're getting so little business that they need to lower their prices. <laughs> Damn. I don't know. Let's read the let's read the quote. CFE believes that the impact of the amendment will be beneficial to the public and market participate market participants. Oh, so I think that's the second one. I think they're getting so little business, they're lowering their prices. I don't know what do you uh, I think it's not going to help anyway, right? I mean, people are still looking for the green light. Green light. What do you mean green light? They're looking for the final classification of what Bitcoin is, what Ethereum is. Because, you know, Coinbase is like having these, I don't know if they already have the ETF ETF bundled offering. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I you always hear there's bigger money coming in, there's bigger money coming in, there's bigger money coming in. And they're all waiting for that quote unquote green light where the government says, Crypto is now legal tender. Mm -hmm. Or, and Bitcoin is now classified as, you know, whatever it actually becomes. Because right now, you know, it's still a possible three thing, or three different things currency, commodity, or security. So until that, until that spinning target settles down and the, the, it's pinned what it actually is, maybe what everything is. Where this whole space is going, define a you know a clear definition of everything. Maybe that's when real money will come in. I agree with you, but the thing is, is that definition I don't feel is going to come from using previous definitions and just amalgamating them and creating a thing. Hmm. I think that government entities work as hard as they can, but they don't do a great job of working efficiently. And there's a reason my voice inflection went up so high. Um, that's just because like they don't want to do the groundwork to properly define crypto. They want to fit it into a box they currently have so they can modularly react. I mean, the the agencies are already existing. The workflow already exists on how to dissect this thing. Yeah, and they're trying to to, but it doesn't. That's the it thing, doesn't. Is that it doesn't. And so they're really trying as hard as they can for as long as they can to not say something like, "We've created a new department that has these very specific objectives that's going to do these very specific things," because it's really hard to create something new. It's really easy to take something you already have and just copy and paste. And that's what they're faced with. And that's what they've been faced with for four or five years now. And they just don't want to say, hey, we're the SEC. 
we now have this sub-department called Cryptocurrency Whatever Force, whatever stupid-ass name you want for, like, marketing <laughs> pretenses. But we've done, we now understand we have a lot of hard work to do, and we are doing it to, to help you guys as I mean, a government the, entity. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they're trying to play... They're trying to play their role the best that they can. And really, they just need to cut the shit and just say, hey, this is a new asset class. We're going to define some new rules for this new asset class. And here they are, based on, you know, what... I mean, I then I don't know, yeah, because then that people might get pissed. People are going to get pissed either way. But... Yeah, I mean, people are going to get pissed either way. But you can't please everyone... And they just need to do their fucking jobs. So, okay. So, long story short, the CBOE exchanges wants to lower its Bitcoin futures prices, which means that it's easier for you to now do Bitcoin futures transactions. So, instead of $10 on the inside and the out, sorry, $10 on the in and the out of a trade, it's $5 on the in and the out of a trade. So, a 50% discount you get for doing futures on the CBOE exchange. Um if you are a heavy futures trader, that obviously increases your profits by, let me see if I'm doing this math correct, 50%. Right? If it's costing you 50% less, your profits now go up 50%. I'm, sure <laughs> I'm not right. the economics major, man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's right. I don't, damn it. I do public math way too often. Let's see. All right. Profit equals... Revenue minus costs. If your costs go down fifty percent and your revenue stays the same, then, you know, fuck it, fuck it. They reduce fuck their it. fees. They reduce their <laughs> fees. Um. Now let's let's go into our next article, which is going to be from Tuesday. It's our last article on Tuesday. Man, a lot happens in a week. There, there are a lot of articles here. There's a lot of fortitude it takes to be in crypto. All right, so. Tuesday, the last article on Tuesday, then we're going Wednesday. And there were actually like 15 more headline news articles. We're just giving you guys three of each day. So that tells you for all the people that this isn't for people. For my family that says, how do you do a show just about cryptocurrency? Yeah. There's so much happening all the time. There's a lot happening all the time. So 16 exchanges pledged to restore crypto market confidence. So... 16 exchanges have publicly said they're going to self-regulate and probably not end up self-regulating, but it's really cool look to governments. So once again, governments don't have to do the legwork and regulate. But let's go into some <laughs> let's go into some of the aspects of that article. A group of licensed cryptocurrency exchanges in Japan is looking to restore market confidence by adopting self-imposed rules. According to the Japanese news outlet Asahi Shimbun, Tuesday, 16 exchanges that are currently registered with Japan's Financial Services Agency, the FSA, have formally launched a new self-regulation organization dubbed the Japanese Cryptocurrency Exchange Association, also known as the JCEA. Taizen Okuyama, president and CEO of Money Partners, publicly traded foreign exchange firm that has also entered the cryptocurrency space, is to serve as chairman of this group. So, long story short, 18 exchanges are like, you know what? 
we need to start slapping each other on the wrist when we see bad stuff. See something, say something, baby. Mm. That that could work. That could work. Uh, if you look further down, it says, news comes as exchanges in Japan more widely are taking steps to restore public confidence in the industry following a hack in January that exploited some $500 million worth of NEM tokens from the CoinCheck exchange. Yeah. So it's a reactionary move, which to me, reactionary moves are strictly less than the um, influence of pro-actionary moves. Um, but Japan's been getting the shit tossed at them for years. We've had Mt. Gox, which was in Japan, right? And yeah, yeah. we all know what happened with Mt. Gox. I think, think even my like 10-year-old niece knows what happened with Mt. Gox because I told her one time. Um, <laughs> it was the story of the Magic the Gathering online exchange. Anyways. <laughs> and a man named Mark Carpelli's. Yes, a man looks very similar to a deep sea fish named Mark <laughs> Carpelles. Carpelles? Carpelles. You got it's got to roll off the tongue. Carpelles. Oh Stole millions of dollars. No, I'm kidding. Um, Japan gets eat get eats the dust a lot when it comes to fraud. I don't know why. I don't. I don't know how, but. If people feel like they're going to make something that looks legit and then steal a bunch of money from people, it's going down in Japan. Um, so this is obvious. <laughs> <laughs> so this is obviously, um, by the way, Japan, thank you for my PlayStation 4 Pro. But this is obviously. Um, thank you for thank you for Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, thank you for Dragon Ball Z. Thank you for, um, <laughs> thank you for ramen. Thank you for ramen. Thank you for when I was a younger man. Uh, hentai. Thank you for thank you for lots of things, Japan. But not thank you for the Bitcoin that my co-host lost to Mount Cox. Um, so, Ouch. it was his fault. We'll tell that story another day. But um, Japan is getting really, really strict about the laws. But can you blame them? There's Mount Gox. There's this. There's there was another one that happened that you just can't keep up with. So now, like Japanese exchanges are like, you know what? Fuck this. We're going to Malta, or fuck this. We're going to Gibraltar. There's exchanges are just leaving. They're like, you know what, Japan? Like, we're trying to help, and you're not helping us. And then like we get hacked, and I I don't really understand the situation totally, but I do know that this is kind of like a knee jerk response, and the exchanges are just trying their hardest. To build confidence, because if you are going to have a new asset class, which can also stand to be a currency, confidence is literally one of the independent variables that you need in your life. You know? Yeah. And if they don't reestablish confidence, then they have, they lose the volume on transactions. They lose everything. So there's that story. Show notes. I love I love saying that. Go to the show notes. I'm not talking about it anymore. <laughs> Let's go to Wednesday. Um, All right. So our first article for Wednesday says Salesforce among 12 new members to join Blockchain Research Institute. Mm, sounds fancy. BRI for you guys that love. Uh, 
Acronyms. Acronyms. There we go. I was gonna say, I was gonna <laughs> say another A word, and I was like, that's not the A word I'm looking for. So this is written by uh, Annalise Milano. Excellent name, by the way. You can catch her in the AM. <laughs> um, Cloud computing company Salesforce is among 12 new members to the Blockchain Research Institute, the multi-million dollar global blockchain think tank announced on Tuesday. Yeah. Where is this going on in? This is happening, and it looks like I see a lot of names that are in Cali, Don Tapscott, Peter Schwartz, IBM, Microsoft. I see a lot of names that are out there on the West Coast. Thinking it's on the West Coast. Mm. No, 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 no. Switzerland based. BPC. Nope. That's just a bank that's involved in all this. Where is this located? They don't even put Wow, this, this is... is like global. No, no, here, 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 here. Founded founded in twenty seventeen, BRI announced in February that it was partnering with India oh never mind. Wow, it's in India. It's got Indian partnerships. This Where is, is this thing? This is as decentralized as it gets. We're asking all the right <laughs> questions. We're like, what, who, who, how? It's just happening? It's not even possible. All right, so anyways, Blockchain Research Institute, which is basically like R&D, but partnerized. That's not a word, but you get it. R&D, research development. So here's a quote. Like our corporate and government members, these companies are at very different stages of their blockchain transformations. We can foster more innovation through collaboration by creating a network of builders in the blockchain space alongside leaders in enterprise and government. So, I mean, it's a think tank, just like it says. I mean, if you're unfamiliar with the think tank, this is how it works. The world chooses a bunch of smart-ass people, and they put them <laughs> in a spot. And they think. <laughs> and then Dude, the I world... What's up? <laughs> I was going to continue, continue. No, no, no. You go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Continue. And the world? And the world then starts to peel away valuable propositions from this think tank. And it's less of a peel and more of a we take a spout and we fucking sledgehammer that shit in the side (laughs) of the think tank. And then we start whenever we want ideas we can capitalize off of. We just turn the spout and it pours out this golden juice of awesome thoughts. We take that juice and we refine it into into ideas that can be capitalized upon and money can be made off of to better suit the populace of the world. Or the government. Or the government. (laughs) That's what a think tank is. Oh my god. No, dude, when I was okay, so so short short deviation um side story. I was trying to get into the uh NUPOC program with the Navy uh right out of school. And so I, for people who are unfamiliar with uh NUPOC, it's it's an acronym N U P O C Nuclear Underwater Propulsion uh Ocean I don't know. I'm just bullshitting, but basically it's like it's the nuclear submarine program for the U.S. Navy. Are you allowed to be saying this? Are we going to get assassinated? No, 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 no. So, so like, it's it's all good. All right. Okay. So anyway, so I got I got so many stories, but this was pretty interesting because um, 
based on your GPA, if you had, I think, like a 4.0 or like a 3.9 um, with your undergrad degree, then you initially or you automatically qualified to be part of the think tank that actually directs where the nuclear submarines go versus being an actual um like a teacher uh who teaches out of what's that place where they teach the nuclear submarine officers in uh uh it's, is it past it's up north north in new york i think it's in new york and then there's also one in Charleston, South Carolina. You're giving them way too much information, man. We're <laughs> be careful, man. You can't just be giving locations of government <laughs> stuff. But, but but here's the thing. Here's the thing, all right? So I couldn't get into the think tank, but I thought it was such a cool idea. <laughs> My GPA wasn't high enough, man. You got to be careful, man. We're going to get like – you can't just give out locations and shit. No, get- dude. Oh. I, I'm, I'm okay. not worried because I didn't get in, right? And it's really not that big of a secret. Uh, okay. I don't know about <laughs> secret nuclear submarine location think tank schools until just now. So I feel like it's a pretty big secret. And everyone that's listening right now is going to be like, holy shit. Yeah. That's yeah. So, so much if you I didn't don't know, know don't want to know. If you didn't know, right, I could tell you so much. Don't. But don't tell me. <laughs> if you don't I love know my life. The okay. US dollar, you know, people are like, oh, what is currency? Currency is this notion of confidence in whatever you're using, right? On the instrument of exchange. Like for the US, like the real truth is we got this thing called the military, and we got a lot of scary shit that people don't know about all exactly. over the world. And we will fuck you up if you I mean, don't. Look, <laughs> let's just be se- look. Let's just be serious here, and let's <laughs> boil this down to brass tacks. Is that the U.S. Sends, spends more than the next top ten c- countries on defense? And <laughs> if you can't imagine what all of that money goes to, then your imagination is stuck on Sesame Street. Like we got some shit, and we, we do. That's what defends the U.S. dollar, and that's why Bitcoin is going to become such a big deal, and blockchain technology is going to become a big deal because it's like, mm, mm, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on that that stands to disrupt. So, anyways, let's move on before this is our last podcast that we ever put out. Because first and last, yeah, first and last of the headline news. So, um, let's go into Thursday's articles, and we can wrap it up. All right, Um, perfect. Because it's been a long episode, and hopefully we'll get to a recipe that works really well for everyone as far as giving you guys headline news that you probably missed. But let's look at Thursday's articles. You want me to read the uh, headline for you? Yeah, read the headline. All right, here we go. Uh, Two days ago, um, Kai Sedgwick wrote, exchanges suspend ERC-20 token deposits after discovery of smart contract bug. Okay. So this is very reasonable. But what's funny is that like it has less views than all of the other articles that we've read <laughs> this entire episode. So people are like, mm, a bug? I don't want to know about that truth. Like They just skip, <laughs> <laughs> skip the bad news, I guess. But Ethereum smart contract bugs just keep on coming. Exchanges including OKEx, Poloniex, CoinOne, and HitBTC 
Today, suspended deposits of EOC20 tokens following the discovery of a batch overflow bug. Uh, written into the smart contracts governing numerous coins. The, co- the news comes in the same week that the Ethereum community voted against restoring the lost Ether that was locked up in the parody smart contract bug last year. So, oh man, things get interesting. You know what I honestly think is that, this is what I think, and this is, we're going to go back to the article with, just gonna get off like I feel like the people that are intimately involved with cryptocurrency now. In the event cryptocurrency becomes ubiquitous and does become this technology slash financial entity that people just know and they use and it's a part of their life, the people that are intimately involved now are the people that are gonna be elected to positions that help us manage this shit in the future. Like, I feel like we're literally witnessing the politics of the future. That's scary. I mean, it is scary, but that's life, right? That's life. Life is scary? (laughs) I mean, it is what it is, but there's not going to be a people that are well-suited and versed in the vernacular and colloquialism of cryptocurrency than the people that are heavily vested emotionally, financially, um, mentally, and even physically (laughs) right now. Like, no, I mean, like, there's people that every day they wake up, they go to a place, they study, they research crypto, they hack crypto for better, lack of a better term, they're building on it, they're talking to people, physically talking with people, like, hey, how do we make crypto better? Or how do we eliminate this vulnerability like these are the people that in the onset of crypto becoming something that's ubiquitous are the people that we're going to trust making decisions about crypto yeah definitely it's crazy we're like living in future politics right now um but anyways that goes that goes all the that that goes a little bit far off but not too far detached from the fact that the Ethereum community voted no parody, we're not giving you your money back. And parody was like, it's one of those like Sith Jedi things. Parody was like, okay, cool. You're not going to give us our money back, even though we really fucking tried really hard just to help this community and build tools for this community. We made one mistake and we can't get our money back. And like the greater Ethereum community is straight Jedi. They're like, hell no. Hell no, we can't get your money back. <laughs> Is a wrap. You messed yeah, up. It's over. You know what? What if the end game? What if in the end game, all our shit is locked up? Oh my god! Stop talking about craziness. <laughs> like there's actually a flaw <laughs> in everything. <laughs> there's one dude right now, like literally right now, trying to find that flaw. It's like I'm gonna send all of the ether to myself. And just fuck up the whole thing. Like, there's probably one dude doing that. He looks like Baxter Stockman in the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Literally. And, um, I mean, that, that that's what it is. Is that, um, they're, they're fighting a bug. Um, and creating, and this is in the article, creating an Ethereum token that is free from exploiting bugs is a lot harder than it sounds. Um, it is. I mean, bugs are a thing. I know about that since like my high school coding class where the teacher, Mr. Vale, was saying to us, today we're going to find bugs in code. 
And I was like, cool. And it ended up being the worst three weeks of my life. Like Damn. trying to find bugs and code. I was like, I'm going to sit here for an hour and look for a semicolon. <laughs> Are you serious, Mr. Vale? I can't take this shit anymore. But anyways. Um, yeah. I mean, like. Goes- Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I was gonna say, like, uh, as far as so I'm, I'm, I'm pushing through as fast as I can through the crypto zombies uh, tutorial, and I'm, I'm noticing, um, in order to be aware of all the security flaws when you're building a smart contract, you have to be aware of how every every function inherits any sort of privileges from from the previous contracts, uh, from additional functions. Like you have to. You have to break your, you have to break everything and make sure that there is nothing that is exploitable. It's almost like back when you know the internet was still young and like you could, um, there's a like a login screen for you to log into a forums and you could start entering like JavaScript commands in like the username and pull like a list of everybody's usernames and passwords from just the login portal, like shit like that. Like is is happening in Ethereum and it's happening in Solidity development because you have to, you have to have that experience of accidentally making those bug mistakes and then finding them in order to be aware of them in the future. And, you know, security is, is a very difficult thing as, you know, everybody can talk about as far as programming. It's, it's difficult to find all your mistakes and all the possible ways you can exploit a contract or, you know, a function, anything. Mm. Stuff is a lot tougher than it seems on the outside. There's some people know. who are actually creating some uh, visualizations of how uh, functions or contracts call each other uh, for Solidity, which is actually like a a better way than having to like remember all the lines of code that you just worked on for the past months. You can actually see a visualization of of the flow of information between. Um, all the parts of your overall smart contract, which is a pretty neat thing. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we can talk about that later. Maybe that'll be a, hmm. the big news one day. We should bring that to a to a flagship roundtable. We should t- have those guys on and bring them to a flagship roundtable. It seems like a really cool story. Yeah. Let's go to another article. I only picked this one because it has a big name in it. Two big names. And it's another one by our very own Annalise Milano, whose photo is very chic. She's like looking down, got the part in the hair. IBM partners with jewelry industry on Hyperledger supply chain project. Uh, so IBM, if you don't know who IBM is, hop on a rocket, leave the planet. And they just partnered with Hyperledger, um, which is our very own, uh, what's her name? Blythe Masters project. Uh, this huge blockchain consortium. I love it when British people say consortium. Um, they're trying to track jewelry, right? Because at the end of the day, you're not sure if the wedding ring you bought your lovely lady is a blood diamond or not. Mm. You could try. They try, but there's no tell. If you haven't seen Blood Diamond, I recommend go see it. But IBM is trying to prevent the probability of you getting a blood diamond in your ring, and they're trying to trace provenance of the diamonds that they mine using a blockchain. Interesting. Next, next article. No biggie there. Provenance is something that 
there's an obvious use case for blockchain and provenance, but nobody has really cracked the puzzle on how to make that implementable. So no news there, just a headline. Um, the last article, then we can wrap so, this up. So it's Samsung sets weeks of news. Yeah, man, that's it's really busy. I, I think it's like, uh, I somebody said this like one month in crypto is like one, a one year in the real world. So it's, like, yeah, if everything moves fast. It's fast and slow at the same time, right? Hmm. Like, like liter- like advancements that pro- pro- advancements that provide progress to the industry are so slow. But all these news stories and news articles just happen on a daily. We're like, wow, that could be big news or small. Who knows? But anyways, last article. And then you guys can carry on with your amazing Saturday morning. Your kids are probably done watching Power Rangers. And you're ready to take them to the 11 o'clock showing of Avengers Infinity War. Oh, man. Infinity Wars. Where Hawkeye inevitably dies. I hope that's not a spoiler alert, but that guy needs to die. He doesn't do anything. So Samsung sets the <laughs> savage. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sam, Samsung sets Q1 profit record with the crypto mining boost. I like this news personally, and I'm going to take all of my bias and put it into my reaction like I always do. I like this news because two years ago in a Negro Domus, uh, let's say... I don't know, fuzz that I was in, I th- said that like a lot of really mainstream large corporations are going to be forced into going into mining crypto because it's an easy profit booster. Like it's if you're in the board if you're on the board chair and your responsibility to investors is to increase profits, aka increase revenue, decrease costs, um then you're already making GPUs. If you just upped the amount that they cost and the amount that you make, then your revenue is going to go through the roof and your costs are only going to go up just a tad bit. Hmm. Right? I wonder if, uh, like right now, we're seeing that there's an overflow in GPU production. And now, I don't know if you've kept up with um, consumer availability of GPUs, but they're expecting to slash prices temporarily. I did see that article. Yeah. And that is due to, I think that's due to two things. I I think that's due to the SEC cracking down on crypto. Uh And I also think that's due to the proposed, so Vitalik has a lot more power than I think he realizes, or he realizes it and he wields it very specifically. But when he had that April Fool's joke about like there being a cap on Ether and the move to proof of stake, a move to proof of stake ultimately puts a hard stop on profits coming from GPUs, right? Right. So him even joking about that and then that coming becoming quasi-serious and people that mine are like, oh, fuck, like I'm not going to buy any more GPUs if it's not going to be proof of work. That See, the, but here's the thing. There's a, there's a lot of different crypto that it's that's still GPU mineable, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Really, the so it's it's um, it's an interesting tightrope to walk as an investor in the space if you think that the maximum 
returns are actually going to be from altcoins or undiscovered, uh, unthoroughly hashed out ideas that are GPU mineable. Um, like Z, was it, is Zcash? Mm -hmm. uh, Cash is an example, right? Mm -hmm. So that means Quantum and uh, Monero. Yeah, Monero is a big one. Um, I saw like the Genesis mining contracts for that one. And I'm just mm -hmm. wondering, like, if that, like, I wonder who buys that. But uh, I think there's a nasty underbelly to mining that I'd like to point out now, with that at risk of becoming assassinated. <laughs> and that is coins that are mineable. Coins that are GPU mineable and are hitting the market recently are being pre-mined big time. And there are very, 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 very under-the-table agreements between large entities and large miners to not speak of the pre-mine and just offer a new altcoin on the market and then make profits from the fact that they have all the token. So they are the market and people are going to them via a proxy as an exchange to get those tokens. Mm. I think it's nasty and nobody's talking about that, but it's a very obvious thing that has to exist. Like if selfish mining is the decree of proof of work, then miners are being super selfish and pre-mining the shit out of mineable tokens and building and being basically being the market. Yeah, I've seen that happen with a lot of different cryptos like storage. You know, people were hooking up a bunch of hard drives, hoping to mine a ton of storage. And then one of the developers ends up stealing a lot of the storage token. And then the FBI comes into those communication channels and demands the equipment sent to them and then you know mm. it's, it gets it gets hardcore real fast when people the, lose significant amount of money the nasty underbelly crypto community is not talking about it we're just kind of brushing it under the rug yeah i put it on blast just now but in the semiconductor business let's get back to the article in the <laughs> semiconductor business the earning increases significantly year over year thanks to favorable market conditions driven by strong demands in server and graphic card memories, as well as earning improvement in both the system LSI and foundry businesses, led by an increasing demand of chips used in flagship smartphones and cryptocurrency mining. You know what that means? Um, not entirely. I'm not even going to act like I do. But so, no, no, I'm, I'm, that, that means that PUBG is going to be playable one day. What? <laughs> you mean that game? That video game? That yeah, yeah, that indie develop uh, developed a video game that's like number one for like this past year. I mean, you it's unplay. Okay, so 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 to give you a bit of some pretext, so there's a game called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, and even with the top of the line GPU. People still struggle to run 60 frames per second at 144 hertz, which is a, if you're an FPS player, 
a first person shooter player, mm-hmm. it's necessary. It's absolutely necessary to have high frame rates and consistent and stable picture, right? Mm-hmm. So, so if you have, if you have, if you have the semiconductor business, their earnings are increasing, and they're able to pump out some better graphics cards for the next. I think the thousand series is pretty much done. The two thousand series for Nvidia is coming. That means better play playing performance for our video games. <laughs> <laughs> So we've come not full circle, but we opened up a new avenue where cryptocurrency is now helping first-person shooter gamers live their best life. That's right. (laughs) I love it. Cryptocurrency touches everything. I can't wait till cryptocurrency touches my grocery store somehow. My grocery store? Yeah, like this banana is five cents cheaper because we track provenance on the blockchain. Congratulations. Pay with Bitcoin. (laughs) It'll be even cheaper. And I'm like, oh, yes. Cryptocurrency touches all. Eat it. (laughs) Eat it, everyone. Okay. Um, Well, that's the last of our articles, guys. If you wanted more, tune into the other litany of shows we have coming on the network. So, um (laughs) This is a show specifically about headlines that you may have missed, and we didn't even get to all of them, because this would be like a five-hour show if we got to all of the headlines that happened in a week. Yeah. So thank you for tuning in. We're going to do this every week. We're going to give you something nice on your Saturday mornings while your kids are uh, watching My Little Pony, and you're like, I don't want to be having to watch this. But I'm going to let it be on the TV and actually listen to this podcast while it's happening. We're there for you. <laughs> We're there for you. We provided that for you right now. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, if you have any feedback on you know, uh, the way we were doing things, we're definitely open to that. And I mean, I'm on the Slack, so just ping me if I laugh, if I'm laughing too much at these antics i mean (laughs) yeah i like to enjoy myself i have a good time um yeah join the slack uh yeah oh this is the part where we show all the shit that we do right so let's do that now yeah Um, yeah yeah. go ahead (laughs) join the slack if you want to be a part of the conversations that we have um they range from we were talking about um if rappers are actually genius for mumble rapping (laughs) <laughs> to um today we were talking about what is it what did Porsche bring up today in the slack wasn't we yesterday talk- Kanye and Trump yesterday we were talking about Kanye and Trump but for good reason <laughs> uh and today we were talking about network theory and we also touched on to the PHP I think um you know we were talking about you know if uh neo so great then why does it cost so much to launch an ICO on their network? And then why do their developer tools suck ass? And then she said like 80% of the web is still powered by um, hypertext preprocessor. And I was like, wow, it's getting deep. So <laughs> yeah, um, we, we explore everything under the sun in Slack. We, we have technical conversations. You know, we shoot the shit about different things. Um, Political news, pop news. It's a good place to hang out. Uh, And also, it looks like you're doing work. 
So if your boss comes and looks over your shoulder, you're like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, you know, project management. It's a thing. We're talking. Project management. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about the things in the projects, the the actions, actionable items talking is happening. (laughs) Actionable items talking is happening here with deadlines attached because, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Join us Slack We're having a good time. Um, that's about it, man. I got nothing else I want to promo. Cool. Well, it was fun, and I think uh, we hope to. We hope that you guys tune in for the next show. Yeah, we'll put it at that. Peace. Peace out. Play the outro. Jesse and I just want to thank you for tuning in to the inaugural episode of Just the Header. It's our headline news show. There's so much happening in crypto that we would only imagine that you miss out on a lot, as do we. We try to keep up for you guys, but it's a lot. So if you have any news tips you want us to know, join the Slack, hit us up, and we'll try our best to fit it into the headline news show, Just the Header. Remember, send in the news, just the tips.